Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. The gospel is supposed to transform us. The gospel is supposed to change us. It's supposed to uh, get us to, to, to have a 180. Amen? It's supposed to bring transformation. So we're going we're gonna to go uh, straight into the word from here. Today, uh, I wanted uh, to have like communion. I know we have communion every Sunday, and I think rightfully so. Um, the Bible says, as often as what you can, break bread together. You know, not, not just typically in, in, the, in the church. I, I, you, I think we must have communion at home. You should have a little station at home and break bread with your family. But I think, I think it's really important. It's a major that we emphasize, emphasize the communion, the body and the blood. Of the Lord, Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna open with Psalm 103, and uh, Tiffany, we're gonna go to the King James in this one, and the rest the rest of the Bibles, uh, the rest of the scriptures will stay in the in the Net translation. So Psalm 10, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Let's read on. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. I just want to pause there. Forget not all of His benefits. I think last week or two weeks ago, we preached about how Jesus uh, said to the people, if anyone desires to be my follower, let him take up his cross and follow me. You know, most of us, I think all of us today in the church will be able to say, I don't know how we made it without Jesus. I don't know how we got through this year without Jesus. I don't know how I was able to run my business without Jesus. How I was able to stay sane without Jesus. I don't know how people do that without Jesus, right? And it's interesting that Jesus would present the gospel like that, saying, hey, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross. (laughs) And not, hey, there's benefits, Benefits. Come on. Here's the benefits of following me. And let's, let's quickly read all the, all the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. What's the difference between iniquity and sin? Did you know that there is a difference between iniquity and sin? And I think it's important to understand. The Bible speaks about sin. That's like almost like when we don't know. We, we sin. We make mistakes. But iniquities is plain disobedience, purpose, Sins that you've gone and done. That's an iniquity. As I say, when you are naughty, just because you're naughty. <laughs> Come on. That's iniquities. When you're stubborn. You know, when, uh, when you know you shouldn't do something and you do it. Bible says he forgives your iniquities. Don't you think that's awesome? That's, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Amen. He redeems your life from destruction and He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Beautiful. Uh, Verse 5. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth 
is renewed like the eagles. Yeah, I, I like that. But maybe we can just stop there. How about we can have a youth renewal service one of these days? <laughs> Let's just renew some of your youth, you know. Just get some, take some wrinkles back and take some, <laughs> some gray hair away and what we'll call it a youth renewal um, uh, service. It's, it's basically scriptural, really. Uh, the Bible speaks about that, how the Word of God is good for your bones, good for your health. And so it renews your youth. So God, can God even renew your youth? Amen. I believe that. But let's, I was thinking about this word benefits. And uh, um, I was actually thinking about titling the service. Um, I'll give you the title at the end of the, of the sermon. But benefits. You know, have you ever been, have you, have you ever heard ugly terms in the world like, like benefits. They're only in the relationship for benefits. Have you heard ugly stuff like that, right? How many, how many, I wonder how many Christians or how many people are actually just in it for benefits? You know, what can it do for me? So Dan Moller, a couple of people sent me this link this, this week. Um, and like two or three people sent the same message and he, and he brought such a strong message across. He says, a lot of people want a gospel that benefits them. Want a church that benefits them. But the gospel is not just a church that benefits. The gospel, sorry, let me say that again. A gospel, the gospel is not just the gospel that benefits. The gospel is a, is a gospel that transforms. The gospel is supposed to transform us. The gospel is supposed to change us. It's supposed to uh, get us to, to, to have a 180. <laughs> Amen? It's supposed to bring transformation. Benefits. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? I don't think uh, that we've ever been in an age and a generation where, where people are so after benefits like today. I think if Jesus were in our age, I don't know, Jesus, you, will, you, you know this, but I feel that this is, this is right. I wonder if he would, instead of saying, oh, you wicked and perverse generation like he did to the Jews, if you wouldn't say, oh, you entitled generation. If you wouldn't speak, to, if you wouldn't speak to, to the people in general and say, oh, you entitled generation. Come on, you entitled generation. We just want more, 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 more. But the gospel is presented in take up your cross and follow me. Is the gospel changing you? Is it bringing a transformation? Is it, is it uh, producing change and transformation? Amen? I want us to just go over those words. Uh, is it going to be difficult to switch back to uh, new wine? If we can just go to new wine quickly, we can, we can, we're going to go through the, the lyrics of new wine together. When you're there, shout hallelujah. Okay, good. In the crushing, you know, in the pressing, you're making new wine. How many of you guys just felt a little bit crushed this last year? <laughs> how many of you guys feel pressed this year? And how God can use that as new wine. Let's keep on. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. Next, next one. I yield to you. 
and to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me your vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. That sounds a lot like taking up a cross and following him. Taking up something that, um, who was it? Was it you who asked me a great question? He said, why must, why must I take up my cross if Jesus took my, cro- my cross? <laughs> you know, what, to what point do I, am I supposed to allow Jesus to carry my cross? And what point must I carry my cross? I think that's a great question because um, we need to know he was wounded for our transgressions. He was chastised for our iniquities. Come on. Um, Everything was on him. He took my punishment. What is taking up the cross? I think it's just simply obedience to God. Doing what God said that you should do. It's just simple yielding to his voice. You know, yielding to him. I love what Robert Morris, I've been enjoying his uh, preaching uh, I think if anybody is looking for teachers that, that you can follow, I think he's one of the solid, solid teachers in our age and in our generation. But he put out a, a, a teaching the other day about the voice of God. How many people really battling to hear God's voice? And he says what you can do is you can go back to the last time that he spoke and you didn't listen. <laughs> go back to the last time that God told you to do something and you didn't do it. And just go and do it again. Get used to hearing God's voice. Let's quickly move. Let's carry on. Make me your vessel, Lord. Make me an offering. Uh, luckily, no it out of my head. Make me <laughs> whatever you want me to be. Next verse. I came here with nothing, but all that you have given me. And Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Last week, we preached a beautiful, powerful message. And yeah, I want to stay on you about God wanting to bring new wine. What is wine? It's joy. Joy. New wine. It's, it's, it's also, it's the produce of the crushing. It's the produce of what you've, what you've been through. I'm very careful to say that, that God allows suffering. And I don't feel that God is the author of suffering. But sometimes there is a thing of obedience where there is a form of, I think, a suffering. Where I don't know how many guys have been through incredibly hard times and you stand in a position where you look back and you say, yeah, thank you, God. Thank you for that time. Come on, yeah, there's someone there. You just look back and it was awful. It was horrible. But you're thankful that you went through it. You're thankful because it positioned you in a, in a strong place where you can now... You already know what you don't want, but you're going forward, you're moving forward, and, and it's actually benefiting your life that you went through that. So again, I'm not saying that God is crushing you, but it pleased God, the scripture says, to crush his son, okay, so that we could be saved, right? I came here with nothing. Oh, yeah, thank you. Where there is new wine, there is new power, and there is new freedom. How many of us can say today that we're experiencing new power, new freedom, you know, and, and all of these things that we're preaching about, all the benefits, bah, 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 heals all my sicknesses, forgives all my sins. How many of us are really walking in victory, 
in an in a area of over sins and sicknesses and experiencing the freedom. I wonder, I wonder. And um, I don't mean to complicate the gospel at all because the gospel is really simple. But um, I want us to read Luke 5. We're going to read Luke 5 today. On, on your way there, yeah, Luke 5, let's do that. Luke 5, Lucas. It's not in the church today. It's with his father, I wonder what his father is. Okay, okay. So, Luke 5, then they said to him, verse 33, I'm back in the net translation. Then they said to him, John's disciples, are you, are you there? John's disciples frequently fast and pray, and so do the disciples, the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours continue to eat and drink. Yours continue to eat and drink. So John's disciples frequently fasted and prayed, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Hey, like Jesus, we're not used to the way you do church. <laughs> Jesus, you do church completely different than the other models that we have had church. Jesus, the way you do church is nothing like I'm used to. It's a complete and utter culture, culture shock. You know, can you imagine the way um, the, the Jews or the Pharisees of that time came into this new church? <laughs> and the way that Jesus just did everything almost upside down, almost completely the different way is what they were used to. But the point is, where Jesus was, there was power. There was freedom. There was miracles. There was liberty. And, and they're seeing Jesus operate in this, and then they're going back. But Jesus, something is off because you're not fasting. Your disciples aren't fasting. John the Baptist's disciples fasted. The Pharisees' disciples fast. Why don't your disciples fast? Okay, why don't you fit into our mold? Why don't you fit into the box the way that we, the way that we wanted to run? <laughs> You've got to do it this way, not that way. And Jesus speaks to them in verse 36. He told them, No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old garment. Come on, I'm going to say this again. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on an old garment. If he does, he will have torn the new and the peace from the new will not match the old. It will not match the old. Okay, let's read on. No one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled. And the skins will be destroyed. Instead, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. No one after drinking old wine wants the new, for he says, the old 
is good enough. Now, Jesus, obviously, right now, about to introduce the kingdom of God to the people, went everywhere saying, the kingdom is here. The kingdom is at hand. But the, the old, the ones who were used to the old, could not walk into the kingdom, could not inherit the kingdom as a, as a result. And Jesus said, if you want new wine, you need to be a new wineskin. And a new wineskin, goodness, is uncomfortable. I don't know how many times you walk into a place or, uh, that is just different. That is just different. Amen? I really hope that when you walk into the Word Church, that you experience that it is different. That it is not the same. So in 2009, I'll just say this. Annie and I, we left. Um, we, we followed the call of God on our lives and we went to... Um, run a Bible school ministry for, uh, for about five and a half years there. But before that, there were, I'm going to name some churches because I love the churches in, in, in Kimberley. There were a lot of like, like well-seasoned pastors in Kimberley that were stationed at some of the biggest ministries in Kimberley. And I was a youth pastor at that time in Kimberley before we moved. I'm just giving you a little bit of a build-up to where I'm going. And it was like Kimberley had its own... It had a bit of a, uh, what would the word be? Climate, like a spiritual climate. I remember going to the fraternals and, and what we would do at a pastor's fraternal is we would have the other pastors for lunch that weren't at the fraternal. We'd be speaking at, about their churches and how they should be doing things. You know. Anyway, I was just a youth pastor at the time, but I made an observation. And it was a very, very competitive um, climate, I'd say, between churches. The guys didn't really work together. It was really hard to, to work together. And when we came back to Kimberley um, in 2015, somewhere close to mid-2015, everything had changed. And I don't know how many of you guys have picked it up who's been here for, for Kimberley for a long time, obviously not Michaela and them. But um, all the pastors, the big, the big churches, pastors changed. There was a change. There was a change in the climate. You can even pick it up in if you're a little bit sensitive in the spirit. There was a change. There was a shift. There's a bigger, there's a larger unity between churches. And I know that God is doing something new, right? And if you take maybe a couple of photos of us when we started, I don't know how many of you guys saw those initial photos. This pastor did not have a pastor's cut back then. This pastor had long hair. <laughs> this pastor did not look like a pastor. And uh, I can, I can, I'm not, I really hope that I don't look like a pastor anyway. But, but I, I felt led to say, guys, we're going somewhere with this church. And it's important that we understand where we're going, what we want, why we're here, and, uh, we don't need to know how we're going to get there. We don't need to know how we're going to get there. Jesus never told them how. And unfortunately, that is the, one of the luxuries that you can't have when God says do something. He doesn't tell you how. <laughs> but I want to say it from the, I love all these ministries. I'm, I'm in a position as a pastor where I will recommend churches. I'll name them by name. I had a beautiful conversation with Pastor Jan from City of Hope. Amazing man of God. Loves the word. Loves uh, miracles. Loves 
the culture at his church. He loves it. We support it, and I'm, I'm thankful for it. They've got wonderful programs, wonderful things running there. Beautiful, and God's going to do great things through there. Can we just say amen to that? Okay, I've got a wonderful relationship with, with uh, Archies, all the Archieses in town. They have been, uh, I think Pastor Hammond is an amazing man of God. He's a well-established pastor, been there for years, doing great things. And God is using that church. Praise God. There's no competition between us. Praise God for them. I'm going to, um, Vander and the guys at TD Church, phenomenal job that they are doing. They're established in many things that we are not yet. But I just want to tell everybody, we are not them. We are not them. We are part of them. Yes, we're the body of Christ. But God has commissioned, mandated this church to go in a certain direction. Amen? And, and T.D. Jakes had this, um, he was giving this analogy about his uh, his brother, in, brother, brother that went through a midlife crisis and got himself a Harley Davidson, okay? And he says this was extremely hard for his wife. But his wife had to go along with the midlife crisis and allow this guy to be a young man again just for a little bit longer. And she said that he would get on the motorbike and the wife has to come with she has to get on the back of the motorbike. But what he noticed is that as, as he was going, when the turn came and he had to lean, the wife would lean the other way, which is extremely dangerous. And what I want to say to everybody in this church, everybody in this church, where we're going might be different. Where we're going might look something brand new, might not look like any other church. But we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. And, and in order for us to get going, you need to understand the heart and where we're going as a church. You need to catch on to the vision say, okay, I get it. I'm not going to lean away when you lean this way. I'm going to lean with you. Even this is scary, even if this is new, you know, I remember when we had um, Daniel Newton and them over here, and, we, and the speakers were, goodness, blowing the, <laughs> I think nearly the windows out, and there was people running through, and I, I looked at people and I knew, yo, for some people this is going to be extremely uncomfortable. I mean, I'm, ex I'm experiencing a measure of uncomfortableness myself. But you know what, sometimes that is really just good for you. And I, and I watched people that I thought would never go through this line. And there they go. <laughs> and then I realized, wait, wait, with these people, we can build something great. We can build something great. Because I know this was scary as hell. It was scary. <laughs> it was different. But that's the kind of people that God can use to do something new. We're not, we're not going to hold on to what we're familiar with. We're not going to hold on to the old one, the way we knew and the way we understand it. We need to look, oh, wait, oh, this is different. Oh, oh you don't do it like them. No, we don't do it like them. Okay, so we can, we, can, we can go from here. And I think if we want the new wine, church, 
We can sing new wine as much as we want to. We can sing about miracles, signs, and wonders. We can do all of that. But if we're not prepared to become new wineskins, you will not experience a new wine. The new wine will then offend you. The new, the new wine will, will make you bitter. It will make you burst, and it won't work for you. Amen. And I've, I really felt, um, I've been praying for 2024 uh, and uh, what's coming forward for this church and for this people. And I know we're all praying for your personal breakthrough, for what God wants to do in your personal life. But can we, can we take a moment and just think about what God wants to do here through this place, what God wants to do here? So I thought I'd, I'd just jot down just a few things um, that's in my heart for the Word Church. What's always been a dream of mine is that this church will be a place where the body can function. So that the body can function. So we're not going to have a pastor that is just functioning and, the, and your typical church structure where the church comes and goes and the pastor preaches. And We're not going to do that. There's going to be ample opportunity for us to go into... Um, you don't need to go far in order to go somewhere. Okay, And Jesus obviously said, we'll all lay hands on the sick. And I want everyone in this place to have the opportunity to put your hand on a sick person and to see them get healed. Come on, I'm going to say that again. I know that this is something that is like, uh -uh, that's not me. You've got the grace on your life. No, God said that you'll have the grace on your life to do it. I want everyone that he said, all sons and daughters, to have the opportunity to, to prophesy, to speak a word of, of life into someone and see them change. Come on. Amen. When we, when we have the worship, I want this place to be a place where, where the presence of God is felt and experienced so strongly because the, the people in this place worship so passionately. Okay, so we're going to try it again, and I'm going to, I, I, I want a little bit of a few more amens. That's a yes. I want this place, the worship in this place, to be felt and experienced, to be um, the presence of God, to be felt and experienced, and for it to be so strong that every time we worship, it's passionate, it's electric, it's God's presence is here, and we give her. Oh, say, amen, amen. Did you, we recorded that, eh? We recorded that? You must have some faces on for just for a witness for next year. No. Yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be a place where the presence of God is felt and experienced. We're going to build a church. We're going to build a place and we're going to have training facilities where we're going to train and we're going to send not missionaries. We're going to send our own people. Our own people are going to go for a week or two and go uh, evangelize or build something or assist the church or something like that. But that's what we want to do. That's in our vision to do it. In my heart, I believe we'll have like a thousand-seater church. I don't think we need to go bigger than that. But if God wants us to go bigger, good, we'll, we'll go bigger. But we need, to, we need to see it. We need to run with it. Okay? Amen? We need to run with it. Hallelujah. 
Till then, till we're established, I, I think I think what's really important, Mother Teresa, as I told a couple of friends this week as well, at the end of a meeting, she got so so famous because of what she was doing, just by doing things, that more people wanted to be involved with her life. Say, Mother, how can I help you? You know, I remember her one response was, do you have a wife and kids? And she, they said, yes. He said, stay with your wife and kids. That's how you can help. You know, stuff like that. I love things like that. But uh, one time they were sitting around a table and they said, Mother, you need to do this. You need to get this in place. You need to get that in place. You need to get that in place. And she just walked over off the table. She says, I was happily unorganized before you came here. I'm going to go back and be happily unorganized and do things the way God sent me to do it. Amen, Amen for organi- organizations. Amen for systems. But not at the expense of what is organic, what is working, and what is... Um, yeah, and where God is leading, is leading us. Amen. I was just thinking last night. It's like, we all talk about road trips, hey? Who, love, who enjoys a road trip? It's amazing we don't talk about the destination so much. Because, you know, we always talk about how awesome that road trip was. But we don't talk about the place that we went to. Because the road trip is really the destination. It's who you go with, who you share it with, who you bold with. You know, um, the, guys that, the guys that are inconvenienced because they need the toilet along, along the way. You can make a joke about that. And, but it's about the, where we're going, how we're bolding. You know, the worst, some of the worst company to have is the people that you're going somewhere, but they're miserable because we're not there yet. We're not there yet. How much longer before we get there? No, put a song on, sing a song. Pull the car off, run around. Take your time and enjoy where you're going. Amen? Enjoy where we're going. Right now, man, we are not there yet. Praise God. I don't know if I want to get there. I want to enjoy the road with, with, with the people alongside. Amen? I want to take you to John, John chapter 6. Or let's quickly go to Revelation chapter 3, and then we'll go to to John chapter 6. Revolutions, Revelation. Opa said revolutions, Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14, the angel of the Lord to the word church in Kimberley wrote the following. (laughs) Now I'm joking. Hey, this is the solemn pronouncement of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your deeds. You are neither cold nor hot. In other words, you're on the fence. I wish you were either cold 
or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. It's a very strong word. Because you say, I am rich, I have acquired great wealth, I need nothing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, that you are pitiful, that you are poor, that you are blind, that you are naked. Take my advice. Buy gold from me, refined by fire, so that you can become rich. Buy from me white clothing so that you can be clothed and your shameful nakedness will not be exposed. Buy um, eyself, or in, in the South African translation, it would be Zambak. What, what should it be? That's for everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if Zambak in the eyes is a good idea. Buy eyself to put on your eyes so that you can see. All those I love, I rebuke and I discipline. And take it back, I'm going to read this finish, but take it back to my opening. How much transformation are you currently experiencing in your life? I know we're busy with things, we're busy with people, we're busy with challenges. But how much is the word only benefiting you and how much is it transforming you? How much is it changing you? You know, um, we we talk about revival. We talk about, you know, revival. We all want revival, but we want a revival the way that we want revival. We don't want revival that looks different to the way we understand revival. If you don't know what revival is, it's just a big awakening. It's where God is moving. But the moment God does something different to what we are used to, we don't like it. It's not easy to change. It's not easy to change. But, but God says to us, hey, man, because you think you've got it all together, because you think that you are wealthy and that you are okay, that's, that is the first part of um, deception. Everybody else must change, not me. They must change, not me. No, Jesus said, if you want new wine, you've got to become a new wineskin. I don't know if they could do it back then, but today an, a wineskin can, an old wineskin can take new wine. You can go look it up. They, they have to soak it, they have to prepare it. But if you're an old wineskin today, you can become a new wineskin. You can take the new wine, even if you've been through the most religious, most hard meetings. And let me just say, I want to be clear. On this, I want to be clear. We, we're good on time. There are people in this church that won't clap when the music is going on. And just because you don't clap doesn't make you an old wineskin. Okay, I have, to, I, have to, I have to say that because we can, we can get a picture of what somebody looks like as a, as a new wineskin. It's the heart. It's what's going on on the inside of you. I still believe that you can show some form of movement, some form of excitement. Amen. But it's about what's happening in here. Amen. And we don't want to look, we don't want to just look 
the same um, as everybody else. All right, all those I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home and share a meal with him and he with me. Do you guys have time for a joke? Who remembers the joke about this scripture? Can I share a joke about the scripture? Will that be okay? I'm, being, I'm going to share a joke. Okay. I think I've shared this in the church before, but I'll refresh your memory. So the pastor decided to do house visitations to people who hadn't been in church for a long time. So... <laughs> So he goes house to house and he, he knocks on this guy's door. And he can, he's knocking. Next thing he hears, ching, glasses moving and things moving around. He knocks again. No one, no one opens. No one opens. So he takes, this, takes a note and he writes this verse down. Listen, Revelation 3 verse 20. I'm standing at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into his home. And I will share a meal with him and he with me. And he puts it there and he signs pastor so-and-so. So on the Sunday, he gets to his pulpit and he finds a note written on there. Can you quickly go to uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, I think it is. Genesis 3, verse 10. He finds the scripture there. I heard you moving about in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, <laughs> so I hid. <laughs> Signed, yours truly. <laughs> anyway. But he stands at our door and he knocks. <laughs> And he's, you know, it's not an invitation to, we, we use it to get salvations and altar calls, but it's for us. I think we need to realize, sometimes we need to hear what Jesus said. I did not come. I did not come for the righteous. I came for those who are sick and needy, those who are broken. Those who realize, the point is, their nakedness without him. Amen? Amen. So let's go to, let's wrap this up and going to go to John chapter 6. Pastor Rufus from Durban, uh, I would really like for him to come in and, uh, and teach here, maybe next year. He dropped a mic, <laughs> a line um, that shook my being. And he was speaking about church leadership. And he was speaking about how, how it, it's amazing how important church leadership is in your, in your life. And he was actually emphasizing not just the strong leadership, imperfect leadership, how, how, how important imperfect leadership is. And he said this. He said, God entrusted his son to imperfect leaders. I'll say that again. God entrusted his son to imperfect leaders, 
to imperfect leaders. Mary and Joseph lost him. <laughs> they couldn't find him for I don't know how long. They definitely didn't have it all together. Now, let me just say one thing. Die pastoor en sy vrou, we definitely don't have it all together. Thank God we don't have it all together. Because some things is not going to be, some of, some of the strong leadership, like Paul spoke, that's going to come through where you're going to see the anointing, where you're going to see the gift of God on our lives. You're going to see that and you're going to experience that. Sometimes you're going to see a little bit of weakness, and that's not our test, it's yours. I'm going to say it again. When, we, when it's imperfect, it's not our test, it's your test. I thank God for uh, my pastor. One time we had a, had a very difficult student, a hard student, who, was, uh, who told me, like in my face, yeah, you, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I called my pastor and I said, yeah, this is what's going on. You know what? He didn't take my side. I was like, yeah. Yo. And I realized, you know what? It's okay to take a shot to die, to die to self. You know, remember Jesus when they crucified him. They don't know what they're doing. Most of the times we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but that's when it becomes your test. And I'm, I want to, I'm saying this intentionally today because we're going somewhere. We're going to finish 2023 knowing that when we hit 24, we're going somewhere. And everybody that's in this place needs to decide, are we going with? Do we believe in what's happening in this house? Are we going to sit in the back and say, mm, maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come with. We are for the benefits. Or are you here for the transformation? Are you here to change? I believe, I believe the fact that you're here, um, that God sent you here for a purpose. And you need to look into your own life and say, but Lord, am I the wineskin? Am I a wineskin needed for this time to be here? Can the new wine flow out of me in this church? You can take it to your own home and to your own life. But in today, where we're going, am I the new wineskin? Let's go to John chapter 6. And we, we take it from there quickly. Verse 25, John 6 verse 25, he says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate of the loaves of bread that you wanted. They were there for the benefits. They were there for the benefits. They were going with Jesus for the bread, for the old. Moses gave them bread. Jesus was multiplying bread. But they could not see that Jesus was the bread. Amen. And Jesus then actually had to go and say something so controversial to reveal their hearts. Okay. 
Let's let's read this, and then we're gonna we're gonna close. Hey, it's only quarter past ten. I can put in another forty-five minutes easily on this sermon, but we will finish here. I tell you the truth. I'm reading again, verse twenty-six. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the loaves of bread you wanted. Do not work for the food that disappears, but for the food that remains to eternal life. The food which the Son of Man will give to you, for God the Father has put his seal of approval on him. Verse 35 or 32. I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but my Father is giving you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They say, give me this bread. Jesus says in verse 35, I, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never go hungry. The one who believes in me will never, never be thirsty. Amen. Let's go to verse 41. Then the Jews were hostile to Jesus, who were hostile to Jesus, began complaining about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Bill Johnson says, sometimes God will offend your mind to reveal your heart. And they said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, who says, I've come down from heaven? But Jesus replied, don't complain about me to another. Um, I'm just going to, do not complain about me to one another. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 45, it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Let's move on to verse 40. Eight, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that has come down from heaven, so that a person may eat from it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats from this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I give, I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Can we get the band up? Sorry, I will end with the new wine dog, dog that I have. And Marina can help me just on the keys. He says, verse 55. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood resides in me and I in him. Woo. Verse 66. No, sorry. It's verse 60. Sorry. 60. Then many of his disciples, when they heard these things, said, This is a difficult saying. Who can understand it? Then Jesus was aware 
that his disciples were complaining about this, he said to them, Does this cause you to be offended? What if you see the Son of Man ascending where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. Human nature is of no help. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Eric, just drop the keys a little bit, please. Thank you. They are spirit and they are life. Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples quit following him and did not accompany him any longer. And then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away too? And Simon Peter said, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. And I just think sometimes God just, He has to be so clear. He's, he's like He draws a line and He says, You can come with me, but almost, almost sounds like over my dead body kind of thing. When I, I give my life and my, my life becomes genuine food. And maybe today we're going to present the, the, the communion now, now, um, after, after we sing this song together. But I want you to check, check your own heart. Like say, Lord, where, where, where am I right now? Where am I? Where, what is the condition of my heart? Give me vision. For what's coming. Guys, nobody here is just a member in this church. There's people here that haven't really engaged much in the family. That's fine. You'll, you'll get there. But where we're going here, I believe is going to directly impact your personal life as well. I believe that, I mean, there's people here that give here to, to the church. And I believe just it, it brings a sense of sacredness to to what you're doing in the in the corporate world or in the secular world it just it's like you're partnering with with what with with God and what he wants to do is the gospel transforming you church is the gospel changing you is the gospel just benefiting you is the word church bringing a transformation in your life can you feel it can you experience it or are you just getting benefits can we all become new wineskins, new wineskins for, for what's coming and what God wants to do? Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberley on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.